We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, not a uh, ton by way of uh, breaking news to, to really parse through over the weekend, although there are a few things uh, newsworthy we want to get to, but... Uh, before we get to the main topic of tonight's podcast, I wanted to see uh, your thoughts on how Malik Jackson decided to uh, call it a career, hang up his cleats, and uh, retire from the NFL. Of course, former Super Bowl 50 hero. Yeah, I mean, he was on NFL Network uh, last week, and the topic was players, uh, the contract structures, taking less money, hometown discounts, whatever. And he said it was ridiculous the offer that Malik Jackson got from the Broncos prior to him getting a massive deal from the Jacksonville Jaguars from Malik's point of view, it sounds like the Broncos lowballed him or at least were not willing to match the guarantees that Jacksonville gave him. I don't know how much bad blood still exists there, but it doesn't sound like um, he'll be signing any one day contracts to retire a Bronco anytime soon. Yeah. It's a little disappointing because, um, you know, that was a tough situation the Broncos found themselves in, just to rewind the clock for a mm-hmm. second. And why not? I mean, we're sitting here on July 16th, uh, but training camp approaches, not this week, next week, Thank stoked. God. But if, if we if we rewind the clock just for a moment here, and you, you think, okay, coming out of Super Bowl 50, the Broncos had a big decision to make. They had a uh, Derek Wolf situation, and they had a Malik Jackson situation. Which one do you bring back? I think through the lens of history, the Broncos' decision to kind of uh, err on the side of Derek Wolf turned out to be the right one, even though Wolf would go on to, of course, have uh, some injury issues and whatnot. But Malik Jackson, he peaked in 2015. Let's be honest. He peaked in 2015. I would argue Derek Wolf didn't peak until, honestly, that last year in Denver, right before he suffered that injury that cost him the last four games of the season where he was leading the team in sacks. He was on his way to possibly a Pro Bowl and a huge payday. He ended up getting a little payday uh, from the Baltimore Ravens, but I would argue the Broncos made the right decision. And uh, I still give Malik Jackson his props, though. I mean, he's the guy that fell on that fumble, the first Von Miller strip sack in Super Bowl 50 that DeMarcus Ware was like trying to get to it, but Malik beat him to the punch, touchdown. And, and, and Von, that was like where we all knew, man, Von was going to be a, a monster today. I think the difference is, and, and you're right with what you're hinting out there, uh, Jacksonville paid Malik for what he's done, and the Broncos paid Derek Wolf for what he was going to do. I, I feel like the Broncos thought he was the better long-term investment. Maybe they thought Malik Jackson was like a, a Julius Thomas, like a one-year flash-in-the-pan product of the system, whatever, and uh, they decided to go their separate ways. It, it's a hard, you know unenviable situation to be in having to choose between those two players. But in Malik's case, he won a Super Bowl. He landed a big money contract and now he goes uh, and retires on his own timeline. So I think everyone wins in the end. There's another topic on this. uh, uh, I want to grab real quick on Malik, but first we, whenever we can avoid it, we do not want to keep the Duchess waiting. And by the way, in case you guys missed it last week, as I told you guys, 
I got a, I've got a Mac on the way. I decided to bite the bullet and go to the dark side and uh, get a Mac. So the delay stuff and the lag things that we see that, that have been really pestering us, especially like the last six weeks, hopefully thing of the past, um, because the only thing Scott and I have to go on is, well, guess what? It never happens to Zach. Zach has a Mac. So that's what we're doing. Michaela, love you so much. Appreciate you. Thank we you call her the Duchess for a good reason. She's a Mount Rushmore super chat superstar at MHH and near and dear to our hearts. We love you. She says, doing my best Hulk Hogan in person. Okay, Zach, you're a wrestling guy. Can you do a Hulk impersonation? Oh, man, I'm going to embarrass myself Come on, right do it, now. Do it. This is what, what are you going to do, brother, when Broncos mania run wild on you? That's the closest. <laughs> that, that's, that's, I'm cringing right now. That's the closest that you're getting, Michaela. See, it was pretty bad, but we definitely appreciate your generosity as always. This, Michaela, is is how you can measure and detect the depths of our our love and gratitude for you that we would we would uh, yeah. uh, risk embarrassing <laughs> ourselves. So, but it's all in good nature. It's all in good nature. Scott Look, we got a better show see right Scott now. right now. He's actually like miming the Hulk Hulk thing. So, man, if you guys could only see some of the things that happen in the MHH green room, you you'd you'd be even more entertained. Trust, uh, but. Love you so much. Yes. And uh, Bronco Mania, it's coming back soon. We can't wait. I mean, it never left here at MHH, but the football season coming back soon. The Papa Bear, as he is known in his neck of the woods, uh, David McElrath. What's good, big dog? Appreciate the super chat. Glad to see also that you got your jersey. We received your uh, uh, selfie showing uh, proof that you did receive it. We're going to be putting that up on Instagram this week. So stoked. He says, good evening. Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag 12 days. Hashtag MHH for life. Buckham times three. That's with a B. YouTube and Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate you, David. Awesome. Love it. We got Mike Ronquillo throwing down, representing, doing his thing. Thank you, Michael. And you know how much we love and appreciate you for that, Mike. And I know everybody else does too, man. Such a uh, a passionate and, uh, and just dedicated member of our community. Love it, dude. Great to see you. Uh, Scott, there's a stream guy at 631. I don't want to get it right this second, but I do want to get it just for craps and gigs here in a moment. Uh, okay. So the last thing, and guys, I'm looking down at my phone, not because I'm checking my texts or I'm disinterested, but because of the stream yard issues, if I want to pull up another tab to look something up while we're live, I just got to do it on my phone to avoid the lag. So Zach, on the subject of Malik, the Broncos, uh, paying for what was to come with, with Derek Wolf, right. And the, uh, Jaguars paying for what Malik had, had already done in, in the 2016 offseason. Let's take a quick look. So I got to remind everybody, too, when you, when you talk about Malik leaving following Super Bowl 50, that was the first year he was a starter. I mean, he had started eight total games in the three previous seasons. All right, so like he had been a spot starter up to that point. Going into 2015 camp, he won that job fair and square, and he was the starter the whole year, consistent. Uh, finished that year, Zach, his last year in Denver with five and a half sacks, which is solid, but you're not necessarily writing home about it. If he doesn't fall on that, if, first of all, if the Broncos don't win Super Bowl 50, and if he doesn't fall on a fumble in the end zone and he's not in these big high-profile moments, I'm telling you he doesn't get the paycheck he got from Jacksonville anyway. But let's just take a look at how he did in uh, Jacksonville the next three seasons, Zach. 2016, six and a half sacks. 2017, eight sacks, so that was his career high. And then 2018, three and a half sacks. So uh, I would say those next two seasons was really him fully in his prime. And he gave him a nice little return on investment, but I'm not sure that three-year stretch is better than what the Broncos got, keeping that leadership and production from Derek Wolf uh, on the grass. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, the leadership, the uh, the, the professionalism that Derek Wolf showed. He was all about the Broncos. He was all about Denver, the community. I, I felt like uh, Malik Jackson was never um, that passionate about close-to-home issues. And it kind of reminds me of uh, the, the modern-day Draymond Jones, doesn't it? I mean, defensive lineman, talks a big game, got a big deal, but his career high in sacks was not that far off from what uh, Draymond Jones did, and he got what – Three years, 51 million from Seattle. Another big payday. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think... In Seattle's case, it might be paying Draymond for what he's going to do, but that was a big deal to swallow for what he's done so far. You know, I wish Malik Jackson well. I don't think he holds that much ill will toward the Broncos. Too much time has passed, but I remember, you know, writing in the article, 2017 was his lone Pro Bowl season, and he had eight sacks. That was Malik Jackson's best in the NFL, so it's all relative. If you measure the impact, let me let me caveat this real quick, and then we're going to turn the page on this topic. But if you measure the impact or who was right, who was wrong, solely on how many times they sacked a quarterback, then you would probably say the Broncos should have re-signed Malik Jackson because he definitely stacked more sacks in 2016, 17, and 18, those three seasons, those next three seasons, than Wolf did, um, mainly due to some injury issues those first two years for Wolf. Um, but again, Malik Jackson – he was a dog, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't like Derek Wolf, where he's like tripping on mushrooms, he's chasing down um, mountain lions, he's having like genetic flashbacks to being a Viking like 700 years ago. <laughs> Would you really have rather had Malik Jackson instead of that? All right, let's turn the page though real quick, Zach, to uh, Taylor. What's up, big dog? Great to see Taylor Christensen in the house. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, he says, hey, Chad and Zach, been a while, but hopefully I haven't missed too much this summer so far. But I believe Russ and Peyton will be a juggernaut this year. Interesting topic and a nice segue. And also he, uh, he says, go Broncos and MHH for life. Really appreciate you, Taylor. This is a nice little segue because, you know, it's not something, Zach, I probably would have written about over the weekend were it not, us, you know, a dearth of Broncos, anything happening. But. Woody Page, who you guys know how much I love and and uh, admire and respect his work over the years. I've always been a an admirer of Woody Page's work. Uh, fu really fun writer to read, and as you guys know from his TV personality, a lot of fun to watch on on television. And he's really the longest. What's a better way to put? It? He's he's the most longest tenured Broncos insider. And what he said over the weekend was that um, nothing earth shattering. So. No need to bear down here on what I'm about to say. But he said that Russell Wilson got his comeuppance. Now, if you know what that actually means, it basically means that Russell Wilson got what he deserved last year. So to me, that was worth writing about the implications. Did he get what he, des what he deserved? Zach, I want to get your thoughts on that because if you boil it down to the very base thing, he wanted out of Seattle, right? He did want to be traded he requested the trade wanted to go to denver and it didn't work out after 10 years in seattle so maybe in that sense you could argue in an objective way like take the broncos thing out of it just the fact that he asked for a change and it backfired that he got what he deserved i'm not saying that but i think that's the only rationale that could be applied here in the in the best you know we talk about good faith in the best faith possible but what do you think well, I agree with you about Woody Page. I definitely respect what he's done for the sports media landscape, and he's a, a Denver legend, tried and true. I will say that. But who is Woody Page to say what Russell Wilson deserves or not? It's still one person's opinion on Russ, same as the Mike Sandos and the uh, and the Adam Shines of the world. 
I understand where he's coming from. Russ wanted to cook. He wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be a pocket quarterback, yada, yada. But did he deserve an all-time failure at head coach, one of the stupidest head coaches we've ever seen? Did he deserve an offensive line that allowed a league-high 60 sacks, whatever it was, and he was getting hit on every other play? I mean, it, it was to an extent. He failed on his own, but the mitigating factors around him, the secondary, the auxiliary things, all were epically bad. And Russell Wilson did, did not deserve that. It's not his fault he got traded necessarily. It's not his fault the Broncos gave up what they gave up to trade for him. It's not his fault the Broncos ponied up that money when they did. And I think he was being punished for that. He didn't play well. I get it. But he had what in terms of help? Name one area where Russell Wilson had a plus positive net result. One area. You can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree with the uh, karmic, you know, um, implication that he, he somehow got what he deserved. But it, he got what he asked for in a lot of ways, too. And here's what I mean by that. You know, the, the Russell Wilson subject, we get, we get our, our dander up when national perspective tries to come in and on the surface try and clown him without fully knowing uh, the whole story or doing so in an unfair way, etc. With Russell Wilson, though, it's, uh, it's a little bit different thing because there's, there's, there's nuance, I guess, is what I'm trying to say because he did want the trade, and all those times in Seattle, Zach, all those years, at least the last three or four years he was there, you know, the hashtag let Russ cook thing, if I could only just get an offensive coordinator that – or a head coach that would give me an offensive coordinator that would let me be the drop back passer guy, the the pocket guy, the 40 times throwing 40 times a game guy, you know, then I could be, this is if what we're we've read in some, some credible reporting is true. Then I could be a guy that's in the MVP hunt and da, 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 da. And then he comes to Denver and he gets, you know, the Broncos basically bend the knee on every single topic and subject, even though they surrounded him with uh, incompetent coaching, they did kowtow to him in those respects. And it, it's kind of inconclusive because Zach, he either proved that he wasn't cut out for that. He wasn't cut out to be a guy that could be handing the keys in that way. Or he just, maybe he still is. It's just that the scheme was bad. The coaching emphasis was bad. The entire philosophical uh, foundation that he was trying to hashtag cook on was uh, corrupted, so to speak. I mean, he lost the starting running back. He lost his most dependable receiver in Tim Patrick. He was throwing to a rookie tight end. He had the likes of Lloyd Cushenberry and, uh, you know, Cameron Fleming in legitimate starting roles. He was getting hit or hurried on almost every drop back to the point that he was seeing ghosts out there. I mean, he was falling down when he didn't have to. He was getting visibly upset because the protection was breaking down. It's not to exonerate Russ at all. I mean, he owns his share of the blame, and we've said this almost every podcast since the season's ended. He knows that, we know that, but he had, and again, nothing else around him, not coaching, not offensive line play, not the running game, not the receivers, nothing else was a net positive around Russell Wilson, so how could we judge him off that and say he deserved all of that misery? Right, and that's the thing, is I don't, especially with how badly um, you know, the, the entire NFL world became kind of infected with the kick him while he's down syndrome when it came to Russ and just a lot of unfair um, pillaring of, of Russell Wilson. He didn't deserve that. Yeah. He can be a cornball. Sometimes uh, there are times like I, I, I agree with Mark Schlereth, uh, maybe not to the same degree that he feels what I'm about to, you know, the opinion of, I'm about to say, but I do agree with him on a base level that uh, sometimes he can be Russ uh, a little tone deaf where you're like, come on, man, was that really the best time or place to do or say what you did, or et cetera? But in the end, none of that, Zach, justified the, the overarching mountain of antipathy, hate, agendas, and honestly, Zach, glee. I mean, the NFL, uh, national perspective, were straight up happy about Russell Wilson going through the struggles that he did and reaching the depredations that he did. Which is why, guys, as we put a more positive spin back on this bad boy, it's going to be so sweet uh, when he gets his his uh, revenge because a lot of people, we talk about eating crow, ha, 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 get your sriracha, ha, ha, ha. Some of these guys, man, if he does even rebounds act to like top 15 guy, all those guys saying he's washed, all those guys saying the Broncos were fools for, for acquiring. Oh. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, I guess Chad's frozen for a little bit. I don't know. I think he's unfreezing right now, getting back in the room. I'll let him finish his point. I think he was making a pretty good point on Russ, um, if he's good or not. That was weird. I didn't freeze on my end. It froze for you. Mm-hmm. Dang it, dude. This is driving me crazy. On your end too, Scott? Okay. Yeah, he said so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like you said, I was wind- I had winded down. You know, did you happen to watch the uh, quarterback docuseries on Netflix yet, Chad? No. What the, the, was it called? It's called Quarterback. It documents Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota until Mariota quit on the Falcons. But it's a, it's an eight episode long docu series. It is tremendous. It is really? amazing. Why? Well, I say that because Kirk Cousins, who he gets clowned a lot too, and he's been a meme for almost his entire career. You learn a lot about him, and it's hard not to respect him and hard not to admire him. He had a quote that stuck with me, and he referenced someone else. He goes. If I could walk on water, my critics would say it's because I can't swim. And mm. and it stuck with me, and it applies to Russ, because even if he does come back and has a 40-touchdown season, his critics will find a way to still tear him down and say he got lucky, to say, oh, he didn't do anything until Sean Payton got there. But the most important thing is he wins these games, and you'll get most of the critics off his back. you get most of the hate that surrounds him away from him. I just... uh I can't recommend that docuseries highly enough. And Kirk Cousins' career kind of right now uh, aligns with the hate that Russell Wilson's getting, and that quote applies perfectly. That is a really cool, uh, really cool quote. Thank you, Michaela. Great to see you. Thank you. Appreciate the super sticker. Give our best to Cooper. Awesome to have you in the chat. Uh, I haven't watched that because I generally, Zach, avoid media that features, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes as like the – the main thing. I don't know. That guy just bugs me. That's still, and maybe I shouldn't this far in like 10 years of doing this. Like maybe it, that shouldn't, the fan in me should have been buried completely by now, but I just, first of all, the, I can barely stand the sound of his voice. He's got yeah, such a Kermit. weird Kermit, the frog voice thing going on. But even if I get past that, then I, I just get annoyed because God admit it's like Holy envy, right? Like the dude right. just oozes excellence. But upon your recommendation, I'll definitely go. But I'll go back and watch this. It covers every. I've never seen access like this show. Like like team psychiatrists, the training room, the car rides home, like the day after parade after winning the Super Bowl. It's it's hard for Broncos country to to stomach that. But even if you focus on the Kirk Cousins bits, it's the access of the show is tremendous. Um, come on. Ah, uh, hold on. This thing's frozen. I was trying to do the. Superstar thing. How long until your Mac gets there? Uh, this week, hopefully. Come on, baby. Uh, there we go. Naj, thank you. Scott, you just pull it up, dude, because I don't want to do my StreamYard just completely changes my whole computer anytime I open up another tab. So if you wouldn't mind pulling up this, the Super Chat rankings for this month, that would be awesome. Naj in the house. Hey, what's up, big dog? Uh, hope you're doing well. We're inching ever closer training camp going to be here before everyone knows it. So is the MHH meet and greet in October. So looking forward to seeing you then big dog. He says, Hey brothers, just showing some appreciation. Hope all is well, my brothers. Yes, all is well. And definitely helping keep the lights on, uh, and getting that Mac coming, getting that Mac on the way, all our super chat superstars. So uh, appreciate you big dog. Hope you're doing well. All is well and getting better considering we're almost, you know, a week and, and change out from training camp. So here is uh, here's the super chat rankings for the month of July. Normally we would have this out to you uh, much sooner. You know you'd be in the loop on where the rankings are, but it's you know this is also NFL players. They do their vacationing. They do their different things this time of year. We kind of do the exact same thing because that's where our opportunity is. So we've been a little delayed, but as you know, each and every month we take the top ten finishers. Uh, on Super Chat on YouTube, 
Names go in a hat. We do a drawing. Winner gets to choose a Broncos jersey. We get it shipped out to him. It's a small thank you um, for the support we get. And here's how it's uh, here's what we got here. Uh, number one, currently 16 days. So this doesn't count today, but Michaela is number one. FA at number two. GLP, the swashbuckler himself, Gary Palmer at three. Troy at four. Really cool. Uh, David McElrath at five. James Richard, the, uh, the predator at six. Ethan, AKA DWI guys at seven. The lady D at eight. Sam Bam, number nine. Love it. Love it. And Rob Bucksbaum at number 10. So then just a couple names outside the top 10, like uh, uh, Zeus McPeak. And that Naj is tied in the top 10, too, so for what it's worth. But um, really appreciate each and every one of you. Um, Zach, okay, real quick. I just want to I just want to grab this from Michaela, and then I, I want to grab something from String Guy. Appreciate you so much, Michaela. Second super chat of the evening. Thanks, she says, Michaela. I watched quarterback. I really liked the kind of people Cousins and Mariota are. A great show. Yeah, I'd like to learn maybe a little bit more about Cousins um, because the perception of him – outside of the cities that he plays in is that he's um i don't know like he's uh manic i guess is the a, a good way to put it like w you, you see the do you like that stuff right coming out and you're like wait a minute that doesn't really match the guy on the field who seems so cool calm and collected etc but cousins i i'll definitely more my interest has been peaked thanks to you guys he is one of the toughest SOBs you'll find playing in the game. I, and I, I have tremendous respect for any player that that guts it out like he does. He was taking rib shots and just painful, painful injuries and never making a, a stink about it, never raising word one about it. He went out there and he competed. And I have a lot of respect for him and also Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach. It's a really, really good show. Oh, oh, wait a second. We have an up. We have a uh, an edit. So, Scott, I'm reading this correct. Deanna's at number one. Okay, Michaela at two, so those two are swapped, and then Gary's still at three, Troy at four, FA five. Okay, got it. David at at uh, I guess yeah six. Okay, six. Naj at seven. Brent P at eight. Alonzo nine. Whoa, this is totally different. Sam Bam ten. Okay, our bad on that. So those are the two. So go back to the very tippity top, tippity top, real quick. All right, so Lady D, Michaela at one and two respectively. So the ladies leading once again uh, the Super Chat push for the month of July. So And then GLP, Troy, FA, that rounds out the top five. Really cool. David, Naj, Brent, Alonzo, Sam, Bam, uh, finishing the top ten. Uh, Zeus and Drake and Mike, they're in the, in the running, though. So thank you, Scott. Appreciate the clarification on that. Uh, real quick, Zach, I want to uh, shift gears and just grab this from String Guy. He says, hey, Chad, what what do you say? I pull out my PRS Mark Holcomb and get and you get your Les Paul or SG and we rock the MHH house. That'd be fun someday, dude, to somehow figure out how to weave those two things together, the music thing and, and MHH. I'm not sure there's a rational way to do it that doesn't seem a little ham-handed or like I don't know how to explain it. But I am curious to see that PRS sometime, dude. So you should send us an e send me an email, milehighhuddle at gmail. Let's take a look at it because do you have the SE or do you have the American version? And if so, what finish do you have on that bad boy? Looks like a metal guitar, but dope. I've never been huge on PRS. I've cycled through a few to see if I liked them. And I only have one that's stuck, dude. And that's a that's a, a CE, a, a PRS CE 22, 22 fret. So it's dope, though. But uh, that's cool. I'm more of a Gibson guy, as you obviously know. All right, Zach. On the subject, though, just real quick, something you mentioned about Kirk Cousins, you know, the rib shots. Can you imagine playing in the league before the flak jackets, like before quarterbacks and running backs had that protection around the trunk, right around the rib cage? Uh, dude, that was, those guys were actually literally like risking their lives out there running around. I don't know how much it even helps, though. Like, you know, he was hurting bad and – and every time he get hit, it would just like, you know, re-inflame the, the rib area. And he couldn't breathe. He was whimpering. I, and he went on and he competed at his highest level. I just have any player that's that tough and gives their all for the team, I am automatically a major, major fan of. Well, now you've got me really curious. I'll go check it out. Check it out. Um, okay. So let me shift gears. We're at about 26 minutes um, tonight. Uh, so we'll probably keep tonight a little bit short guys. So if there's anything burning on your top, uh, burning topics on your mind, get it in the chat. Uh, but Zach, a couple things 
I wanted to get your take on uh, an article over the weekend. This was a conversation that uh, Tony Jones Jr., right, new Broncos running back, former Saint, uh, had with the Denver Gazette's Chris Thomason. Um, the most interesting aspect of his conversation, there's a few quotes, but Jones, when he first got to Denver, right, he's one of the bridge guys. He's a guy that had played with Peyton in the past in New Orleans. Him, along with later uh, Adam Troutman, uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Marquez Callaway, I might be missing one other guy, but there was eventually a, a few guys that the players could go to, but out of the gates uh, you had Jones. And so <clears throat> he was getting asked a lot by his new teammates. What kind of guy is Sean? So I'm, I just want to grab this uh, quote, what, what he says he told his new teammates quote guys asked, is Sean kind of a raw, raw coach? Was he going to work guys harder? I'd tell him Sean's going to work you, but he's also going to give you the time and tools to recover. Sean's a smart guy. And he's going to put us in the right spot to win, close quote. So, Zach, the Broncos are definitely getting back to a more traditional approach to practice, uh, preseason, training camp, all that stuff. But it's not oblivious. You know, this is not a coach that um, is oblivious to some of the downsides to that traditional physical, you know, we're going to grind you through the summer type thing. He'll be smart about how, how he does it. But what, do you, what are some of your uh, takeaways from, from Tony Jones? Well, look what he did when he came to Denver, Sean Payton. Instead of pushing uh, to phase two of the offseason training program, the Broncos stayed in uh, phase one for a, a week longer or so, and it was running and lifting and, and physical rehab, strength and conditioning, the basics. He's going to push them hard, but he's going to take care of them at the same time. It's not one or the other. He's a very old school, traditional, smash mouth coach cut from that Bill Parcells cloth where – Training camp is going to be tough. They're going to be intense practices. Pads are going to be popping, but that is how you create a tough, disciplined, physical football team. And the last time the Broncos were that has been quite a while. Well said, my friend. And they, they, they just have to restore some of these things. I mean, the Broncos rolled the dice on a coach who they thought, whose innovations they thought might be like 4D, right? Like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to come in and – and the, and the Broncos, we're going to be playing 4D chess now. And it turned out to be, uh, you know, obviously not the case. Blew up in their face. Broncos were ill-prepared for the season, and we know how that came out. Not just Zach in terms of execution. They just, like, didn't seem to be on the ball, generally yeah. speaking. But, of course, uh, they were not honed to the rigors, pressure, physicality, stressors, all that of the season because it was basically club med from yep. – the beginning of training camp till the season opener. Um, interesting news, guys. I don't know if you if you all caught this, but as as we learned back in April, the Broncos are going to be rolling out a new helmet design, call it an alternate helmet design, kind of like how Color Rush has been an alternate helmet for two games. Uh, they're doing that this year with a new alternate helmet, Zach. It seems based on some of the Hints we've gotten from Broncos social media posts that it's going to be kind of a, a white-based motif, like maybe because the Broncos helmets have always been blue, one one form of blue or another. And it seems this helmet might be more like white with whatever designs on it instead of blue with whatever designs. But we learned, Zach, that the Broncos are going to unveil the helmet on Tuesday, July 25th. And the new helmet will then be featured in, uh, quote, fan-facing promotions during Denver's back-together weekend practice, which is that next Saturday, uh, July 29th. The Broncos will bring back the alternate helmet display showcase at the team's final training camp practice, which is scheduled for August 17th. So fans will be able to see uh, what these helmets look like. In other words, though, Zach, finally, July 25th. So that's the day the rookies report for training camp. Camp officially gets underway on the 28th. So that'll give us something to, to look forward to next week as well. Yeah, I'm not the biggest uh, aficionado or I'm not that into jersey changes or helmet changes. I am generally a fan of the all-white look. Like, it's very clean and sleek looking to me, so it should be interesting. But, again, I don't care if they're wearing a leather helmet from the 1930s. As long as they win football games, that's all that matters to me. There are some uh, interesting white-oriented helmet designs that fans have made out there. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a... Uh, there's a good Instagram channel called Insta Broncos that does a lot of fun like designs like that. Shout out to whoever that whoever runs that. Pardon me, I don't know your name, 
Uh, but there's some fun stories out there. Andrew Baker in the house. What's up, dude? Love y'all. He says, sorry, it's been a minute. Uh, be back soon with a vengeance. MHS for life. Great to hear it, bro. Hope you've been well. We have missed you. We've missed your musk. That's for sure. But there are some interesting designs out there, Zach, is what I'm getting at here. Yep. However, the uh, superstitious uh, person that I am, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it being twice a, a year type thing that you change anything on the helmet. But like that helmet is the only helmet in which the Broncos have actually reached the top of the mountain. Got there four times prior to the new helmet design. When I say new, that of course came into effect in '97. And what didn't you know? They went and won the Super Bowl the very first year that new helmet was in effect. So I'm I kind of err on the traditional aspect of it just because mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a little bit superstitious what's the michael scott quote from office I'm just not, a little stitious yeah i'm not superstitious i'm a little stitious that's me i want to amend what i said i actually do have two conditions the broncos don't wear the all orange uniforms they don't wear the ups uniforms regardless anything other than those two things i'm cool with but uh we'll see how the all white helmet looks it'll be fun all right just a couple things uh in the chat i just want to say hi to a few people uh it is good to see you andrew hope you have been well um Looks like she said, Michaela says, uh, Michaela Israel says she's going to be at camp. Sounds like August 9th. Excited to uh, wear the jersey. You helped me win. Yes, she's talking, of course, to Michaela Parker. That will be dope. Hopefully you guys can connect there. Uh, there will be an MHH presence um, for training camp. Luke will be there every single every single day. Tom will be there for part of it. Zach and I still up in the air. We'll, we'll let you know on that as soon as we can. Great to see you, Pat. Uh, in Hawaii, in Hawaii, saying Aloha, priest, love it. Great, great to see you. Um, but Zach, you know, there are um, a few other topics that I want to. Just one other, one other topic I want to get to before yeah. we dip out of here, Scott. If you wouldn't mind doing a share screen for me on this one, I don't want to read it from my phone. If you just go to the site, I think it's the top story. Eric Trickle's five uh, bold predictions for the offense. I just want to I want to get your take on this while he's getting it queued up. I'll go ahead and, and throw the first one off. And, you know, as the editor here, I title this not so obvious bold predictions because it's easy, Zach, for a not for a bold prediction to be like, you know, hey, Russell Wilson's going to throw 40 touchdowns. Like, OK, yeah. Uh, or, you know, Javante is going to rush for twelve hundred yards and double digit touchdowns or Jerry Judy. Finally, fifteen hundred yards in a Pro Bowl. These are a little bit deeper under the surface type of predictions here. And the first one is, pardon me, as you can see on the screen, is that Trickle's predicting that the Broncos finish with 2,700 rushing yards as a team, which, if you read the articles, that have some pretty interesting um, implications. But let me just read one little piece here right there where he says, for the 2022 season, three teams broke 2,700 yards rushing. Two, had over nine, two of them had over 900 yards rushing by their respective quarterbacks. Those two teams were the Chicago Bears and Baltimore Ravens with the Atlanta Falcons, of course, being the third team to break 2,700 yards rushing. So how did it really shake out for those teams in terms of the, the grand scheme? Not great overall, but 2,700 yards, easier said than done. He goes on to explain a few other things that tie into this with his predictions, but what do you think? 2,700 yards. You'd have to have a huge rush, rushing season yeah. right? As a, as a quarterback. Plus, you'd have to have some just massive running back contributions. Yeah, I'm just thinking to myself, like, where are these yards coming from? I could see P. Ryan getting a thousand, or I can see a a, a healthy Pookie getting a thousand over the course of a 17 game season. But unless Russ turns into Lamar Jackson, and sorry, that's not happening at 35 years old. I, I see no way they hit that number. I mean, even with two good running backs in that stable, I mean, I could see 2,000. I can't really see 2,700. It would be not easy to get there. Um, it would uh, definitely come with its own fair share of implications. Let's get, let's grab to to the second one here. And really, what he's hinging that on is, I think, you know, this is again a bold prediction, and not so obvious, but still bold prediction. He's hinging on, uh, he's hinging it on what we've heard uh, from the team, from other insiders close to, about the overall offensive philosophy moving forward. Going to start with the run and they're going to stick to it. They're going to really make that the Broncos are going to make themselves experts at executing and implementing the run game for a multitude of reasons, though, Zach, not the least of which is to take the pressure off of Russell Wilson 
and allow him to um, get back to doing some of the things we know he does well as a quarterback. So with that in mind, here's Trickle's second not-so-obvious bold prediction. Broncos run 1,150-plus plays as an offense. Now, uh, if, as you can see here, uh, in the, he says, with an extra game in the season, more teams are breaking the 1,100 play mark. Before 2021 uh, and 2018-2020, only four teams broke 1,100 plays uh, between those three seasons. Since the NFL added an extra game, 10 teams in 2021 and 2022 broke that mark. In 2021, Zach, the Broncos were 27th. Uh, in terms of number of plays run, then they jumped to 14th in 2022 under Nathaniel Hackett. And now you got the extra game, of course, and he's saying 1,150 yards uh, becomes possible. But it really hinges, as he mentions here, Zach, on not only being run heavy, but being successful in your run heavy. You got to be able to actually move the chains with your, your rushing attack. But not a sexy thing necessarily to talk about. It's like, oh, because fans don't fully understand the implication of what that like. It's easy to go, hey, a thousand yards or like the first one, 2,700 yards or whatever. But 1,150 plays, what it means is you're staying on the field, you're eating clock, and you're probably scoring Zach. I would like to know how many plays the Saints ran in 2020, for example, or what Sean Payton's uh, pension is and how up tempo his offenses are. I don't know enough about him personally. I, I could go back and watch, but if they were, what was it, 17th last year and in, in plays ran something 14th. like that? 14th if they can hit that mark considering how many times Chad they went three and out or turn the ball over and a Sean Payton competent offense where they're going to stay on the field and have long extended drives I can see that uh, prediction coming true for sure here's the third one fewer than 35 sacks allowed got to remember last year the Broncos relinquished a league high 63 sacks on the quarterback 55 of them we're on Russell Wilson. Remember, the Broncos led the NFL in sacks in 2015. That Wade Phillips defense, 52 sacks led the NFL. Russ was sacked three times more than that. And the Broncos still went on to give another eight more sacks beyond that, uh, et cetera. So with everything in place, Zach, talking about the running game emphasis, the upgrades on the O-line, et cetera, 35 sacks, considering that Russ has only been sacked fewer than 35 times twice in his career, you see that as a attainable goal. Oh, man, if they can almost cut the sacks in half, essentially, Russell Wilson, I guarantee you, will be a top 12, if not top 10 quarterback. And if Russ is a top 12 or top 10 quarterback, the Broncos are going to win a lot of football games this season. I hope it's that number. I mean, sacks are inevitable. They're a quarterback stat as much as they are an offensive line stat, but there is no reason why they should even sniff 63 sacks, even with Lloyd Cushenberry, for example, uh, still holding down center. So 2020, this was uh, – that was Drew Brees last year, right? Wasn't 2020 his last year, and then Peyton stuck around one more year? Or I think my Amos was starting that. in 2020. Okay, so thank you, Scott. The Saints ran 1,016 offensive plays in 2020. Um, so close, close to that 1,100 mark, like barely missing it um, for what it's worth. All right. Next one, fewer than 20 turnovers as a bold prediction, Zach. So some background on this. In 2021, the Broncos did hit this mark, uh, turning the ball over 18 times on offense. That increased to 24 turnovers in 2022. So this bold prediction is hardly implausible. Cutting down on nine fumbles and 15 interceptions from last season shouldn't be that difficult on Peyton's watch. And then he goes on to explain, too, you know, it'll be helpful that the biggest perpetrator of the fumble, yeah. Melvin Gordon, is no longer around. Yeah, exactly. You won't have to worry about him fumbling five times in a in a given season. I have a feeling, though, with Russ and Peyton, Russ is going to be super efficient. So I think his interceptions will come down from last year and he'll have like, you know, 28 TDs to like eight or 10 picks. And I think that would be a solid stat line for him. Fumbles are a part of the game, but fortunately, you have two solid running backs in Pookie and uh, P. Ryan who are uh, sure handed in the backfield. That's a help. Uh, wild. Check this out. So as mentioned, in 2020, the Saints under Peyton ran 1,016 plays. The next year, his last year as head coach, fewer. And then in 2019, they ran 986 plays from scrimmage. So interesting. All right, last one here from Eric Trickle, the last bold prediction. Broncos will score on 40% of their drives. Um, and as he mentions here, Broncos fans may have forgotten what it feels like to score points at a respectable rate after watching the team score on just 
28.6% of its drives in 2022, last year. The Broncos scored on nearly 37% of their drives in 2021, which was the only year they were higher than 33%, Zach, since 2018. So the odds of the Broncos uh, scoring four out of 10 drives, what are your thoughts? Well, again, I need context to know like what's really good, what's good, what's average. Like, How often did Kansas City score on their drives, for example? And then we'll compare... So- yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, let me just let me just give you some some context. Maybe it doesn't include uh, maybe it doesn't include uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, but on scoring forty percent of the drives. All right, he says uh, the Falcons. All right, let's say the Broncos have one hundred seventy drives in twenty twenty three. That would put them between the Falcons one hundred sixty five drives and the Bears one hundred seventy four drives. The Ravens at one seventy one using those teams as a benchmark because they were the three teams to break 2,700 yards rushing in 2022. With the Broncos being a run-heavy, time-of-possession team, they will have fewer drives, ostensibly. So succeeding on 40% of those drives would mean 68 scores this season. That's that's about probably, uh, the as far as what he lists in the article, the most context um, we got here. It sounds like it'd be pretty average or above average, but that would be a step up from what, like he wrote, the Broncos have been in quite a while and in five years now. Um, If it was 37% or whatever in 2021 with the likes of Pat Shermer, Teddy Bridgewater, yada, yada, I have faith that they can push that number to maybe 45. If all things click, and that's the big caveat here. The running game needs to gel fast. The offensive line needs to come together and have chemistry. Russ, most importantly, needs to take two or three steps forward as a passer and as the quarterback of the team. But if all those things happen, all the stars align, they score 45% of their drives. I mean, that's a lot of points scored, a lot of points scored, a lot of ball games won. Jeez. I mean, you go from 27% or whatever it was last year, Trickle said, and you increase that even by 13%, you're winning so many more games than, yep. than you have been just because, again, this is not as bad as the – finishes have been for this team since Super Bowl 50. I mean, I guess we'll exempt 2016, but let's say from 2017 on, as bad as it's been, very rarely is this a team just getting blown out of the water, right? Like this is a team, especially the last few years, even with Russ last year, single score losses stacked up. I mean, Mm -hmm. you increase that score rate 13%, it's going to result in more wins. Uh, But guys, we're, we're, we're out of here. Mike, thank you so much. Really appreciate you, your support, my friend. As you know, means the world to us. Um, I see, uh, you know, one last thing, Zach. William Hayes, last year's O-line was Dalton Reisner's fault. I don't know about that, but I saw a comment or two on YouTube from our community saying that the reason Dalton Reisner is still unsigned was that viral clip of him, physical altercation stuff with uh, Brett Rippon in L.A. Do you think that's really why he's languishing? There are worse people playing in the NFL than Dalton Reisner who have contracts right now or financial security. Dalton Reisner is unsigned because he has been dreadful since his rookie season. And I I was a big, big fan of Reisner coming out. I pushed for the Broncos to draft him. He was so great in 2019, but ever since, especially last year, I, I kind of agree with what William said. A lot of the pressure that was surrendered was Reisner's fault, falling down, tripping over himself. But if you watch Lloyd Cushenberry, for example, I mean, the guy falling into Russell Wilson's lap, like falling over, he had no idea what was going on. Those were the two biggest culprits. It was, wasn't just Reisner, Cushenberry as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly that that has something to do with it. The uh, incident with Rip, but I think, honestly, it has more to do with two prime factors, and then we'll get out of here. One, as you just elucidated, he wasn't very good. In fact, he was downright probably one of the worst starting guards in the NFL last year. And with that as the context, Zach, I think he's expecting more. He's like holding out in hopes of getting more money than is out there for him right now. So the way, in other words, Look. how he values himself versus how the NFL values him, that's an out of whack uh, equation or whatever. So he'll continue to languish until he makes some, uh, makes some, you know, concessions on that yeah. on that front. 
For sure, yeah. I think that's going to do it, though, Chad, for the pod tonight. If anyone else has any questions, I don't see any. You know, William says I can go with that. And that's the, you know, the right way to look at it. With last year's Broncos team, it wasn't just one person. There were so many different factors that all went wrong and created the, the perfect storm of crap, so to speak. But that was another great podcast, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you haven't done so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're always rocking, check it out at MHHmerch.com. And if you're not doing so, like us at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And be sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen to that. Shout out to the great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight, helping us keep the lights on in this dark NFL summer. The Duchess Michaela Parker, thank you so much. So generous. David, Michael Ronquillo, Taylor Christensen, great to see you back, my friend. Michaela Israel. Give our best to Cooper, Najal Toff, each and every one of you. Love you. Appreciate you. And uh, those of you grinding through this kind of boring stretch on the Bronco calendar, love you. Appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see what pops tomorrow. We're almost there. We almost made it, guys. Hang in there. We'll see you tomorrow night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.